Hello and welcome to the fourth and final episode of the Pacific What? <laughs> I'm kidding, this is not our last one. Definitely not. Uh, my name's Isaac. I'm Gabriel. I'm Thomas. And we have a special guest with us today, Rebecca, from Ninja Kids TV. It's a YouTube channel with over 15 million subscribers, and she was one of uh, their scriptwriters for the show. One of the big scriptwriters, right, Rebecca? I don't know if you can say one of the big scriptwriters. Um, <laughs> She's being modest. Okay, he's being so generous. <laughs> um, yes, anyway, yes, I do work for Ninja Kids TV, which has nothing to do with gaming. That's true. They Trans- are a kids' YouTube channel, but that's what she does, and she's here to talk about board games with us today. Train yes. kids to be ninjas. I will. To, to be fair, Thomas, Thomas kind of got me into modern board games. I never would have known about them or experienced them except for him shoving them down my throat. And <laughs> your friend Athena, she would have got you in a few. Oh yeah, yeah, she might have. She might have. You're right. But I probably wouldn't have done them. I probably would have just told her, go play with your other friends. <laughs> your nerdy friends. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then Thomas showed me the light of the joys. The light. He of... took you through the gateway, didn't has it, he? Has it, the gateway. Yeah. Has yeah. it changed your life? Maybe. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely have had her play gateway games. Catan is considered a common gateway game for people, and she loves Catan. Yeah, so you get to the and harder stuff. I almost feel like Splendor which we're going to talk about this episode, could be a good gateway game. It is a gateway game. It is for sure. I was able to teach my parents this, and they both enjoyed it immensely. And that's that's gateway, if there's a gateway. Gateway for sure. I can get my dad to play a lot of games. If you can teach your parents a game, if you can teach your parents, it's a gateway game. (laughs) What about when he teaches you bridge? Is he gatewaying you? What, into trick-taking games? But Bridge is like one of the more complex trick-taking games. Yes? That's like deep end of the pool. I didn't start with that. I started with... Euchre? Euchre. Oh, I love Euchre. I'm just saying... Okay, so yeah. Okay. Well, anyway. anyway, Sorry. We're going to go into our first segment. uh, And we did this last week. It's called Recently Played. Recently Played. Recently played, Rebecca and I have been playing a game called Time's Up. It's a party game, and it may be my favorite party game of all time, at least currently. That's big talk. Um, if you haven't <laughs> heard of Time's Up, it's it's like, if you've heard of catchphrase or charades, it kind of combines them. You have a deck of cards that have, uh, it's called, let me think here. Title Recall. Okay, Time's Up Title Recall is the one I have. There's a couple different editions. And it has things like characters from movies and songs, albums, um, pieces of artwork. Mona Lisa. What are some other examples? Just a lot of, a lot of trivial pursuit type of yeah, stuff. Yeah, and you have this deck of cards, and everybody's going around the table. You have 30 seconds to try to get your partner to guess as many as they can. And the first round is like catchphrase. You can say whatever you want as long as you don't say It's the, the easiest card. round. I right. think that's important to bring it's up. The and then it gets round. harder and harder as the game progresses. But you don't use new cards. You have the same deck of 20 cards, 30 cards, whatever you're playing with, that you use for the whole game. And round two, you're using those same cards. So you know them a little bit better, but you can only give one word clues. And then charades. And then the very final round, no words at all, just charades. 
So that's what we've been playing, and it's been a blast. It is so good. Tell me what you think about it, Brett. It is fun, and I think what... I think what is intriguing about this game is it's not the same every round. When you do your typical charades, when you do your typical Pictionary, it's the same thing every round, right? What you're doing, but this time you are constantly changing it up. So I think the variety adds this novel approach that is fun. Plus, it also is working on memory. Because yes. though you are using the same cards over and over again, you may come up with a funny gesture that will tip someone off. Uh, yeah. to what that clue is because not everything's very charades friendly but you will end up having to charade it no matter what it is <laughs> right. and so that can be the other thing and I would also say I was talking about this with Ike earlier it's contingent upon the people you're playing with the game could be devastatingly terrible if you're playing with terrible people in my opinion true and yeah. it might pull some wallflowers, wallflowers. off the wall I would say that that is probably common with most games, is that if you're playing with crap players, then it's not going to be good. But it's especially apparent in a party game and one like this, where they have to be so... I mean, you got to go all in. Because by that third round, you're just... You're charading. And some people don't like doing charades, because they don't like to look silly or whatever. So you got to have people that are willing to... And you're trying to charade words that are sometimes very hard to charade. Yes, indeed. So like an album name or something. Abbey Road. Yeah. Abby. Try to charade <laughs> Abbey freaking Road. Yeah. Unless you're doing like the walk. Right. So the... it's stuff like that. And and as the beginning or the first two rounds go by, then you, maybe you already have a charade in mind. And on that second round where you can use one word, you do Beatles. And then you start doing this walk. Yeah, but so you so then, that, they, then they associate that walk with Abbey Road because they got it in the second round. So then the third round you can do that same walk. So memory is a big aspect to Times Up, and it's it. I don't know. I, it just it's so good. If you can remember one little cue to pick up on from one hint or or one um, I guess phrase or word or whatever, then you can run with that in in future rounds where where the the hints you're given are different, like. What did you say the first round was? It's just first like, round is like catchphrase. You can say anything you want, unlimited number of words, mm -hmm. as long as you don't say what's on the card. Yeah. Okay. I've played a game like this called Nouns in a Bowl. Yes. Nouns in a Bowl. Nouns in a bowl. I've also heard it called Fish Bowl. Okay. This is basically just the retail version of a or like common taboo. party game that people will write. They'll write things down instead of using or decks taboo, from the card. If you play cards from a deck. Okay, so Time's Up is kind of like a structured version of a game that you could just gather around and play with anyone if you got some paper, pens, and scissors, or whatever. You could probably Google something and then just cut up a bunch of pieces of paper and do the exact same thing. Yeah. yeah. Right, that's that's probably my biggest thing against the game Time's Up. Like, you could play it without buying the game, mm -hmm. but I guess it has Why its own appeal to it. Why would that be a negative? What, well, what is no, that's not a negative, that's good. Oh, that's... Po okay. Yeah. Well, why so, buy it if you can make it? But what makes well, it unique? Yeah, what makes you want to buy it as opposed to just play well, it? Well, what makes you want to buy it is you gr drastically reduce setup time. Because instead of everyone sitting around thinking of things like, oh, what am I going to write? And we all have to write things. But what if you, you Google just deal it? A deck of a, you just deal a deck. If you Google, then you have to print out the words and cut them up. And I've done that before, before I got Time's Up. I did print off a sheet, and then I spent time cutting all of these things out of the paper, which takes a lot longer than dealing a deck of cards. Well, I have no problem with cutting card or the papers up. I mean, yeah, you're right. You wouldn't even have to worry about any setup with this one, and, and the, the categories are handed to you, so that's nice. I'm not saying don't play it homemade. Go play it homemade, and if you love it, you may want to buy it, just so that... 
Yeah. You, it gives you more topics. You don't have to think of them every time. And there's there's Time's Up Title Recall, which is the one I have that is like, so, it's like all pop culture. Songs, movies, uh, albums, and such. And then the original one is just called Time's Up, and I think it's only people's names being like historical figures, characters from shows, stuff like that. That sounds too limiting. Yeah, that's why I, the got title recall, because I've heard that it's a better version, and I like having more than just people's names. What sounds very cool to me about this is you could, depending on your group of people, choose subject matter around it mm. so that you could totally nerd out if you wanted to on a certain... Oh, like genre if, with writing or whatever. Or yeah, with that. If if you did, or if you wanted to Google something, so I, I feel like the structure is awesome, and you could bend it to whatever your How group you is into. Yeah, that's that's the nice thing about writing your own. Play it either way, guys. Just go out and play. Times up is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, you're you buy right. It, whether you make it, whether you print it, time is ticking. Look up the rules. It's like a page or something, and play. Times up. It's one of the best party games I've ever played in my life. Gabriel, do you have any recently played games? Oh, yes, I do. Gabriel. So, just recently I got back from a vacation. I'm not going to say where. <laughs> Wait, we were the last <laughs> podcast. We already told them, North Carolina. Oh, they know? Yes, no. they know. <laughs> if they're attempting to. But what the bag knew. He was but, just trying to lay low. I went there, and I didn't bring anything with me, and there's a couple days, because, you know, Hurricane Elsa was there, and we had a couple stormy days we couldn't go to the beach. So, you know, I went to one of my favorite places. We went to Barnes and Noble. Ooh, oh, yeah, they yeah, got board games oh, there. Oh, place. Yeah. And I love me some Starbucks sometimes too. And I always hit up the Starbucks inside. Mm. Hit up that game section, and well, many of you guys know that I'm a quite avid player of Love Letter, mm. and <laughs> I had to check out this new version of Love Letter. Now, last time I was I was dogging on this baggy bag. bag that I called it the baggy bag version, <laughs> but you know what? Bag version's alright. I, I like the bag. You know, the Bob bag the feels bag. soft. Oh, it's yeah. soft. Oh, oh, ASMR. Yeah. We got new... <laughs> we have new chip to point tokens in the game. Oh, they got insignias on them, and they're made of a nice plastic that, you know, they're good. The they're good. Here's the tokens. Now, the cubes were great. The cubes were great, but I think these are better. Little pebbles. You know, they're all the same size. <laughs> oh, that was your complaint with the wood. It wasn't mm -hmm. consistent. It wasn't consistent. These, oh, yeah. they're pretty consistent. I'd say my one worry with these would be that the picture wears off. Possibly. With touching. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't. Listen Ooh, to those things. So just blame it. Hold on. Describe the size. I'd say it's about the size of a dime. Slightly larger. And as fat as it's three pretty, dimes pretty stacked thick. together. Yeah. You know, right? it makes yeah. me think of that candy. Those spice, they're those sour candies. That are like oh. hard. It's Mentos. Mentos yes. It looks like a Mento. It's a Mento. It's yeah. exactly the size of a I Mento. Mentos have a little bit more uh, convex. And uh, I think these are almost size. the same size as me, but you could probably store these in a Mento package. Yeah, they're about. Kind of want to eat them like now. Mentos. <laughs> if only they were other colors. Now they are a choking hazard. Don't put these in your mouth. Oh yeah, uh -huh. if you're if you're under the age of five. Especially. Now also they added two new cards. Two types of cards. Because this is in the second letter. edition. This of is love the second edition. It adds. And that's a spy. That it's pretty interesting. If you're the only person in a round to play a spy, you also get a point at the end of the game, regardless if you won that round. Mm, so it's so an you, investment. So different ways of, of winning now, or not yeah. winning, but scoring points. You can get multiple points one turn if you win, and also be the only person to play it on a spy. 
Okay. And they also cool. added the Chancellor, which is just another way to you draw you play your Chancellor and you have one card left in your hand. Then you draw two more, and then you take out of those three you have in your hand now, you put two back under the deck. Mm-hmm. So it lets you kind of card count in your head a little bit, like, oh, where's it going to be? What's going to happen? I want a game that way. My my friend knew I had the Princess, the card you need to win. So I got the Chancellor, I put it at the bottom of the deck, because I was card counting a bit, and I realized that I'd be the last person to pick it at the end. So oh I did. Gosh, and then that's I awesome. And then I won. Yeah, it was, it was pretty it was I'd pretty love good. to play second edition. Yeah, You're going to have to do the that. The only thing I don't like is the card art. You know, it's not as spicy, oh, not yeah. as Let's talk invigorating as the this. card art last time. It's invigorating. a little... It's, it's, it's a, oh my gosh, they made everyone less attractive. They made... <laughs> Everyone uh, is less attractive. Well, okay. They're more cartoony now. They are more, more You know, what if these are based off real people? Well, those real people are ugly. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't even say these people are necessarily ugly. They're just but too cartoony, and it doesn't give me off... Like, I was talking with Rebecca earlier before we started the podcast. It doesn't It doesn't give me that renaissance vibe that I like when I play this game. I like to feel like I'm in a medieval castle trying to court this dame that is a princess. And I can't do that with these cards. It's just not the same. I yeah, cartoony. I, I want to try this version just because it has new characters. Oh, we'll try it. it all right. But, you know, the artwork on the original, you can't beat that. I mean, the, the not only are the people... Uh, is the art, <laughs> not only is the artwork better because, like, it just has more of an old-school, like, old-style painting looking. Yeah. yeah. Like, it looks like it was some sort of old oil painting or something. Yeah. It's more realistic artwork in the first edition, mm-hmm. and I, I like that. All right, moving on. And everyone in it looks a lot better. Moving on from Love Letter, all right. Ooh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna t- double dipper. Oh, my God. Oh, I, I, I got two more to talk about real quick. Now, I'm just going to go. <laughs> Whoa, triple dip. I'm triple dipping. <laughs> right, I'll, I'll be real brief. I'll be a little brief a few people. Okay, right? okay, I won't take your time. You all right, I, I'm, I also was playing Super Fight, which is a pretty fun game. It's um, pretty interesting. It's a debating game. And if you like debating and arguing with people, this is great. All right. You you have two people. Each person picks a character. They draw a character. You can get anything. You can get Keanu Reeves. You can get Miley Cyrus. It could be Gandhi. Who knows? And then with those characters, you get two attributes. They could be hindrances or they could be buffs or like powers that they have. Like you could have Gandhi that can breathe out swarms of bees while also being invisible. Mm. Going against Miley Cyrus who is tripping on acid but she's armed with an AR-15. And then those two people would argue and be like, who would win in a fight? And oh, it's Miley. Up to the, Miley would definitely <laughs> Miley win. Miley all the way. <laughs> and then it would be up to the people that aren't uh, aren't the ones who drew the cards to vote on who the winner would be. I think Gandhi would easily win. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Wait, well, okay, so and he's breathing it, it's a, bees? It's, it's a debating game where you get characters with abilities. And sometimes it could be hindrances either. Yeah, I played this actually. Um, I went to a Barnes & Noble's or Barnes and Noble game day, and they had all of these board games out for people to try. And we played this with some yeah. strangers. I did at least. And basically, you build your fighter. Uh-huh. You get a few. Uh, you get a hand of cards. You get to pick which ones you yeah. want to do. And then you and your opponent would argue about who would win and why. And then everyone around the table would vote yeah. on who. Wins. If you like to debate, and if you're like, if you're wanting to be a politician, maybe maybe this is the game for you. If you like the debate, if you're a writer and you make persuasive essays, if you're just practicing your overall rhetoric, yeah, get Super Fight. It's a fun game. It sounds you can't like go wrong. It's super simple and it's a lot of fun. 
Moving on to my third one. All right, third one. This was the last game we played. This one was the big hit. All right, the big hit of the vacation. All right, it's bigger hit than super fight. Bigger fight. Bigger. Bigger hit. Bigger than fight than super. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Okay, it was bang, and bang is a fun game, and it is a western themed game. Oh yeah, we briefly talked about this yep. in the previous episode. Because Thomas is, has the big bullet. Uh, he's, got the bullet. The bullet he, he's got dented to no end. He's got the primo edition. I just had a regular box edition, you know. That's all I needed for a week. And man, my friends, they ate it up. Alright, you all get a random um role. So one person's a sheriff, some are deputies, and some are outlaws. And there's one renegade. And those are hidden roles. Those are it's hidden roles. Kind of yeah. reminds you of Mafia a little it's bit. It's Mafia, yep. Or Town of Salem, are. if you've ever played that online. It's a game similar. Or Werewolf. Or Werewolf. It, there's so many different versions, and everybody's played it usually. But this game's fun because you get your role. It's great. And it's great being the sheriff. I was a sheriff almost every time. And you know what? People knew it. I was the sheriff. That's besides the point. It's good also because there's variety in gameplay. There is something else called characters you get and that give you special ability. And those are also random and it lets you have a special perk that other people can't do. On top of the cards that have regular abilities. I'm not going to go into them because there's too many. But it's a fun game if you like to try to figure out who's who based on their actions. It's a detective game I feel like. I will say this is a great gateway game and I will one reason I say that is because it was a gateway game for me. One of the the first two games that I really got into hobby board gaming, like modern hobby board gaming, were Settlers of Catan and Bang, the card game. Hmm. And I played Catan at your house, Isaac, and then your brother brought over Bang, the card game, and we started playing that. And I was like, this is awesome. And I started really getting into board games at that point. So those were my gateway games, followed very closely by Carcassonne. I think we played that after those two. But those, those were my vacation games. Big hits. Had a lot of fun. Recommend them to anybody who's looking to have just they're just three simple card games to have a fun game night with. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Well, yeah, sounds like North Carolina was very good for your board gaming. Oh yeah, career. It, it gave me a whole. <laughs> it was pretty good. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. now Splendor is maybe Rebecca's favorite game. Definitely her top ten. Maybe her top five. Correct. Yeah. Where would it's you rank? The, it? I would rank it in the top. Five for sure, maybe the top three. Ooh. And I will say this: I am not a hard gamer like you guys are, like where you are into the deep, deep, deep depths of the gaming. <laughs> Though I do like some of it. I, <clears throat> I like games. I like these kind. I'm more of probably like poker player, chess player, like, like that. That's more games, of like that stuff. Games. That those are like more classic game stuff. Yeah. But this is one of the ones that Thomas got me into, and it's just hypnotic. I don't know how else you describe it. She's addicted. From the pieces, the colors, the shapes, everything, I would say it just pulls you in, especially because you usually only... Sometimes you lose by more than a little bit, but usually you always felt like, oh, if I'd only done it this way a little bit more, I probably would have won. And so it makes you want to try again and again. And that's that's what I mean by hypnotic. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely... it's It draws you in. Kind of like Sushi Go, but better. <laughs> Sushi Go, I wanted to play again and again. And Splendor as well, I wanted to play again and again. But with Splendor, 
I got to the point, just like with Sushi Go, where I got burnt out because we played it so many times in a row. But later, Don't worry about it. time has passed. I've come back to Splendor. Sushi Go, not so much because there's a lot more meat to the game of Splendor. And like anything, and expansions. Much, yeah, expansions too. Like anything, too much of a good thing you can get burnt out on. And I did for a little bit on Splendor, but I think that's just because I've never played a game that frequently. <laughs> because I was playing it like with my both of my sisters, um, with my mom, like I said, my parents, and I was just playing it all the time, and it's all they wanted to play. But it is, you're right, Reb, it is, hypnotic's a good term. Well, yeah. I mean, look at the, look at the, just the board game. The art, art, the, box the, art, art. the art on the it box, that's in. what I mean. It's got good realistic artwork. Yeah. <coughs> and in fact, <coughs> while we're kind of introing the game here, um, it was... Uh, originally designed by uh, Mark Andre, and it had a lot of people do the artwork on it. The main guy being Pascal Quidalt. Quidalt? I think that's Pascal how you say his name. Quidalt? Few people, You're but, brave. I but can't pronounce this. one really big thing to know about this game is not only is it something that we personally enjoy, but it's also won and been nominated for quite a few awards. Um, got a couple of those here. There's like there's like ten. 10 it's overall like yeah with wins and nominations it, a few of the big ones it's won uh, would include and it came out in 2014 and it won most of these in 2014 2014 Dice Tower Gaming Awards Best Family Game Winner and oh thanks a Golden Geek it won Best Game of the Year in 2014 did it win the Spiel? it was nominated for the Spiel Day I think it's Spiel Day Dejaris? Dejaris? DiGiorno? It's, it's a German Dejaris? board game award to think be, about. It might be a Y nice. instead of G. It's like delivery. J-A-H. That was a nominee. Yeah, okay. I can never pronounce that Spiel well. Spiel de Jaris. That's one of the biggest board gaming awards. It's a it's from Germany, and it's a well-renowned award. But it was a nominee. For nominee. That. Still good. Nominating mm -hmm. games get nominated. Yeah, and, and here's one important thing about getting a game nominated or won um, as a board game. Um... Apparently, when you get a board game nominated for an award like that, it can boost your sales like crazy. Like, say you're one of the people who made these games. You can take it from a few hundred sales or a few thousand sales up to what I saw online was 10,000 sales for a nomination. And then up to 30 million sales if you're going to win for one of these big awards like the Spiel. Yeah, wow. the Spiel is, is a big boy one. In the 2010s... There were the top 100 games. I would like to know what you guys think this one was ranked. The top 100 games? Wait, in 2010 it didn't come out to 2014. The 2010. I said in the 2010s. The teens. The teens. Oh, the teens. Oh, oh, so oh, it's oh. in the 2010s. So in the teens. Oh, yes. Um, of, okay, this is on Meep Mountain. Meeple Mountain. Ooh, Meeple, Meeple Mountain. Mountain. So really? you guys is, know Meeple is Mountain. This, is, is Meeple Mountain... Hundred most important board games of the 2010s. Important. And this so, was on that list. This was okay. on the list. What number out of 100 do you guys think this game ranked? I, I, personally, I, I put no it, googling, Thomas. I'm not looking it up. <laughs> no, I, I would rank it around. I'm just curious. The 40s, you know, low. Like, well, what do you think they rank? Specific. I want people with. S I'd say like high 30s. 42. High, high 30s, low low 40s, somewhere around there. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it the benefit of the doubt and say they have it ranked 14. I said 42. Ike, 
You should have put money on that, but it was twenty. It was number thirteen. But you 13. were so close. Oh my gosh! <laughs> wow, that is it was ranked one of the thirteenth most. 13 most influential board games. Or influential? Most important, most important board games to come out. Why is it Because important? it's done so... Like, it's, think about it. In, in a, a decade, game. 100 games came out. I didn't even know 100 games came out in that decade. Mm. There's like 100 games. There's ones that made it on the radar of mainstream people, right? Not okay. just board game people. There's more than 100 games like a year. Hundreds of games every year. Are you yeah. kidding? And, no, I mean, the board game hobby is huge. Really, and it's been growing massively throughout the 2000s. It sounds saturated. Um, well, when you think it's about, it's still not anywhere close to like the video game hobby. Anywhere yeah. close? Oh no, I mean, but it has its own audience for sure. And the thing with Splendor specifically, like, I mean, yeah, it's won a lot of awards. You would expect it to be ranked pretty high on that list. Uh, of course, lots of games win awards, but this one in particular got a lot of nominations too. And and there's just something so appealing about the whole jewelry aspect of this game, like getting to build up jewelry that you're is your own stockpile that you can use. Well, let's say jewels. You're not actually making jewelry. Well, yeah, jewels. Thank you. Yeah, okay. so th there's stones. There's the the game incorporates five major different stones you use while you play, including rubies, sapphire, emerald. Onyx and diamonds. Nice. I would have remembered Onyx. And you're wheeling and dealing with these different um, jewels. Yes. Diamond or rocks, whatever. Right <laughs> um, and can we just say that the Onyx looks like a bar of chocolate? It it does. Like, everyone call it. calls it chocolate. Yeah. The chocolate, the chocolate <laughs> token. The like that. That just needs to be addressed. Okay. Before we go fully into the game explanation, since you mentioned top 100 games, uh, BGG Board Game Geek has a overall ranking of all board games. Ooh. Like, ever. And right now, do you guys have a guess of where it is overall? Give me... give me 25! I need a range. Like, what, top 100? Is it in there? He said top 100. Oh, no, 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 no. They, since you mentioned top 100, maybe think of BGG's list of, like, all time. And, oh, and board okay, games okay. fluctuate up and down on this list. I give it... Ones that are really popular and get a lot of buzz will get a lot more ratings and thus go higher. I'm going to say 25 still. I'm going to say 32. Um, yeah. yeah, maybe 57. All right, well, you guys are saying too high. It okay. is in the top 200, which is still top really 200, good. 200, okay. Which is really good. Who uh, are these idiots? One hundred. Yeah. It's, it's overall rank is currently is one seventy four. Okay, I'm gonna say it. Okay. Malarkey. Malarkey. I will. I just. I have a bone to pick with the B. G G. Well, it's use. It's like it's uh, Metacritic. It's, like, it's kind of like Metacritic because it's like overall user rankings. Okay. Okay. So then the people then have I will say. I have, they didn't just pick one seventy four for it. Oh, that's disappointing. What about chess? Is chess on that Disappointing <laughs> in humanity now. Well, well, you, Rebecca, also, you have not played as many board games as the rest of us. Like you said, True. you're not super in deep in the board gaming hobby. So you don't know how many games there are. This is one that you really like. So I think that we should get into the nitty gritty here. Yeah, like I'm, the, the object of the game. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give yeah. a quick overview of what Splendor is. We've talked it up a bit now, so I'll give a quick overview and then we can go back to our discussion. Um, so Splendor is a tableau building slash engine building set collection game um, where you're racing to 15 victory points. In this, in the rules, they actually call them prestige points. Mm. But I don't know anyone who calls them that because every game where you're getting points, they're just victory points. But that's the <laughs> official Splendor term. 
prestige worldwide. Um, and the way you gain points is by getting cards with points on them and by gaining nobles. That also, every noble has three points on them. And the way you do that is through buying cards. And on a turn, what you do is you can take one of three actions. You can either take gems, because gems are like the resources for this game. They are uh, poker chips, and Isaac mentioned all five different gems that there were. And so you can take three different gems or two of the same color, um, or you can buy a card. And if you if you buy a card, it can have victory points on it. Now they don't all have victory points on them because this is where the tableau building slash engine building comes in. Every single card has one of the five uh, resources, one of the five resources on it. So if I buy a sapphire card. Then for all of my future purchases, purchases that cost sapphire, it'll cost me one less sapphire gem token because I have a card. Mm-hmm. So you're building up this engine of cards. As you get more cards, everything's getting cheaper for you. And that's also how you get nobles. You can't buy nobles with gems like you can the cards. You gain a noble at the end of your turn if you meet the requirements of the number of number and color of cards. So for example, a noble might require four green cards and four red cards. And as soon as you meet that requirement before anyone else, then you get that noble. Basically, the nobles you're trying to lure uh, to become your patron. Is what I read. Yeah, yeah, basically. Patron, yeah. Um, so that's, that's a brief overview of the game. On your turn, you either take gems, you buy a card, or you reserve a card. That's the one thing I forgot to mention. You can take a card from the, that's laid out in front of everyone that we're all buying, and you can take it, even though you don't have enough to pay for it now, put it face down in front of you and get a gold, which counts as, it's a wild, basically. Any gem you want. Mm-hmm. And you can have up to three reserved at a time. You can buy them on a future turn. So there's taking gems, buying cards, reserving cards. You race to 15 victory points. And that's Splendor. Mm-hmm. And the game is advertised as like a 30-minute game. You can play with two to four people. But... It really just varies what time. You know, like, we've talked about this in the past. I mean, like, I don't know how long the game was we played before the podcast, but I would say 30 is a good average for how long the game will take. And it might be shorter, it might be longer the more you play, like, depending on whether or not you get the whole analysis paralysis or whatever, which I think Rebecca might have something to say about. Well, no, I was... That will add time. It will add time. Thomas accuses me of that a lot. Yes. Um... (laughs) But I will say that the last round that we played, possibly he was suffering from this. I think, oh. I, I, think I had some of the quickest um, No, Well, it, it, just in the beginning, you know, whatever. Well, Not that's at, true. You know. I did have some longer turns, but I wasn't fully focused on the game. We were talking. I was hearing about Gabe's vacation. You know, chit-chat. Got I wasn't it. fully it. focused. The use. No, no, it's okay. If you're fully focused, it could go very fast. If you're not fully focused, there will be some... There'll be consequences. Right. But Twists you can say that with any game. If you're talking and stuff and chatting and whatever, eating, it does slow whatever you're playing down. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a great game, and it's a good family game. Like we said, it's a good gateway game. Um, and I would say, like, how young do you think could possibly play this game? Because I would say... I think I played... I, it, there's a number on the box, maybe, I can't even remember, but I think I played with a nine-year-old before, and they still had fun, even if they weren't the best strategizers. Right. The box says 10 and up. Okay. But 
Nine is very close to that. But and I also don't want that to deter people who are like, oh, I don't want to play a game that's too simple for kids. Because the thing is, if you strategize well, yeah, um, it, it it's really good in the upper echelons too. Because here's what we come down to: is strategy, right? Yeah, it comes down to what you you got to plan out ahead. Talk about like if you think if people go first or not. Like that. Oh yeah. So this is something that we ran into. Uh, only recently, though, I haven't tracked it more than that. When we we played, Rev and I played three games earlier in this week, and all three games, the player who went first won, which I, doesn't always happen. But we did notice that you kind of do get an advantage by going first, and if you take that into account and you try to uh, target the person who went first, who may be in the lead or something, if you try and take a card that they want or something like that and slow them down, then you can probably counteract that. Yeah, so it does be... I, I feel like you have to do strategy. You have to kind of see what the person's saving for. And you could... Well, what Thomas did to me in one of the versions was he freaking stockpiled gems. He had all the rubies, and I couldn't buy a f card that... Involved a ruby because he wouldn't give me any. And that limit how many cards you can reserve? Three. Three? Yeah. You can't have more than three reserved at a time. Okay. That's one big thing. Since this is technically a card drafting game, you know, you're pulling from the same pool of cards as everyone else. Yep. So not only that, but you can also see how many gems each person has of different types. So you can kind of predict what cards people are going for. You yep. could think to yourself, oh, they're going for this... Well, there's three different tiers of cards. Some worth more points, but they also cost more, more gems. Yeah. More requirements to fulfill. There's no, there's no like hiding what cards you have in front of you or what gems you have in front of you. Yeah. So if people are observant, they can see, oh, it looks like he's saving for one of these two cards or something. And maybe they can try and screw you over in that sense. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the components. So components for Splendor. You've got decks of cards, pretty simple. Um, then the gem tokens themselves are poker chips. Oh, here we go, ASMR. Yep. Oh, oh, oh. Token. It's not just that, it's like the satisfaction of being like, oh, I've collected. Oh, we gotta play this again after the podcast. I was just thinking about it. Yeah. Can, wait, like, do you hear that? How I'm richer? Like how that was a bigger. <laughs> so, um, richer. in Splendor. Components, we've got cards that are pretty standard. My cards are starting to show some wear. I've had this game for years, and it's been played a lot. I'm not sure how many years. I would say over over four years. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, it's been played a lot. So the, the cards are starting to show wear. The chips, however, no wear at all. Yeah, the, the chips are different colored, so the, the chips themselves are different colored depending on what gem it is, and also they've got stickers with a picture of what gem it is. So there, there's an appeal to the car, the chips, you know. I, I personally they're, they're quite would pleasant. prefer something else other than chips. I would not. I, the chips are one of my favorite parts. They are heavy, high-quality poker chips. Rubbing them in between my fingers, you know, they're pretty soft. There, there's a satisfaction to the chips, I'm not denying that. But this game itself, I feel like it could have incorporated instead, like, actual little fake plastic gym pieces that would have been fun, just as fun to, to play around with. It would be better than regular poker chips, honestly. I would prefer the poker chips to resources, because you're picking them up, putting them down so much, they're in a stack, we know how many there are. Think about, you can only draw two of the same color when there's four or more. It's just well that, that I feel like the the chips 
are a helpful component They're for simply, running the game. But I think it comes down to like how much aesthetic do you want in your game? Do you want to feel like a merchant? Are you the merchant? Do you want to feel like a renaissance merchant? Yeah. Well, I feel like... Yeah. But for younger, you for younger kids, I would say stick to the chips. Here's, here's the other thing. is So later on, I was looking up some things about the game, and on Reddit, they were talking about some people love the chips, some people don't, and there was a link to if you want to buy gems for the game to use instead, blah, blah, blah. I clicked on the link. It sends me to Etsy. They were sold out. Oh, no longer had a link to the show. thing, so it's like it's I will say that there is some demand for actual diamonds, rubies, sapphires, emeralds, and oh, yes. onyx pieces. So if there's some contention here, let's take a vote. Who lines on? Who falls on the poker chip side of the aisle, and who would prefer resources that actually look like what they are? Here's a caveat, though. The caveat is, I would have to see what the resources look like because some could be really lame and some could oh, be really they're cool. Be, they're gonna be nice. Let's so it's like, if, like if I if it's the coolest thing I can think of in my head versus this, that's a different thing than versus somebody gives me something. I'm like, oh, oh that's what you're using is the plastic and yeah, they plastic are versions of what's uh, on the chip, not opaque, mm -hmm. but about how big, like about the same size and diameter. No, at least? I would say smaller, definitely smaller. Probably even smaller than the pictures on the chips themselves. Yes. What? Yeah, that's what yeah. Not interested then. Because no. that's like be, a Monopoly yeah. That's, that's be, like a little Monopoly right. house. No way. They would definitely be about the size of these love letter tokens. Oh, yeah. You have the your diamonds. Then I want this. You have, I, I don't know. The you have your diamonds fine. for I'm, sieve. I guarantee you they'd be I, that's about this I feel size. Like that's oh, yeah. Most, the size board these game components are. These are large for board game components. Yeah, so I, I'm I just, a poker chipper. Well, that's something. So for my version of a different game, Civilization, A New Dawn, it... I subbed out the resource tokens in it, but that's the thing. It, it was tokens as opposed to like poker chips. I subbed them out for resources I found online, and it's fun to have a more like realistic, tangible version to add into the game. I mean, it helps people feel more, more into it. I think personally, but yeah. you know, people are pretty split about this, like we are ourselves here. So, vote. Oh, I vote for the gems all the way. The real, that's real. Guy. I vote for replacement resources. Me too. Replacement resources. Okay, these so you want a freaking one centimeter replacement? Not a centimeter. Maybe that's what you guys were showing was Monopoly well, piece house shapes. If you've seen his. That's a one and a half centimeters. That's my one. One and a half centimeter would be good. That's a good diameter. See, yeah. Rev and I fall on the the aisle of poker chips. We're we're actual merchants. We know <laughs> we're, we're more realistic with the size of gemstones. Yeah, I mean, if I'm going to be a merchant, I'm going to be a merchant. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Before we wrap up components, we didn't talk about the noble tiles. The noble tiles are cardboard and they're pretty thick cardboard i'd say about about the thickness of kark maybe a little thicker oh yeah yeah about the thickness of a typical card tiles. Card you know, board cardboard is nice yeah. but i think i think you also need to note that these also haven't shown wear over the years the cards have been the weakest factor <laughs> in the uh wear showing thing but um can we talk about the art yeah, yes, oh, this is five components. It. So I would say there's four attractive women and one nun. We're <laughs> talking about the nobles specifically here. The nobles. We're talking about the nobles. I'm not talking about the cards right now. And then we've got a bunch of really weird-looking dudes: a King Henry VIII, a Matisse Yahoo sort of uh, white beard boy, and you know, the one Spock. That one. <laughs> well, we yeah, have one kind of like rustic, handsome dude. Like Vanny, Vanny's here that's now. Pretty she, cool. she might agree with me on that. But that guy in the top right over there, he kind of looks like Solomon the Great. 
The Magnificent. Solomon the Magnificent. He's got a big hat got on. a big hat. The All I'm saying is there's more draw for men than women um, in attractiveness to the cards. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, the artwork, it's, it's not on the same tier as Love Letter. First edition. First edition, right? Yeah, let's be specific here. Let's talk about second like edition. I still do like it. I don't. I don't want anyone to be discouraged. I still like it. I think it's fun and um, it's interesting. It's I think, realistic. I art. think the the art quality is pretty good here. I'd say much better than Love Letter Second Edition. Yeah, it's more realistic. Uh, on the tier one cards, you've got it shows mines. Oh. It shows mines and quarries and stuff I love like it. you're like you're getting the resources from this place. Yeah. Tier two cards show. Uh, craftsmen working on it as yep. well as them being transported like boats and elephants um, and then tier 3 cards are like a lot of a like architecture really yeah basically like building. where they're showing up so where the gems are going just from what's implied here tier 1 cards are harvesting the gems tier 2 are working on them and transporting them and tier 3 is where they end up where they end up this is just from art exclusively nothing to do with gameplay it's it's honestly the artwork it's telling a story so, um, yeah, that's the components of the base game of Splendor. And we talked a little bit about the mechanisms. There's, um, there's tableau building, engine building, set collection. So set collection would be getting the nobles. You have to get a certain set of cards to gain a noble. And the tableau and slash engine building is you gaining all the cards, which makes everything cheaper. It's like as you get more cards, you get more powerful. Things get easier and come quicker to you. I would like to insert one thing, and that is it's not always the better strategy to get the cards for a noble. Sometimes you would just want to get higher-pointed cards. Right. So you can get the level one cards pretty easily because they're cheap, but most of them don't have any points. A couple of them have one point, whereas the higher-level cards get a lot more points. You can get up so to so five many, points, whereas the max you can get with a noble is three. There's so three. many pathways, which is something I like about this game. Is that it? Agreed. There's not just one strategy that trumps all the others. It just really ends up to the individual and how they play their role. Yeah, there's there's so many things you have to juggle while you're playing this game. You not only have to think about like, other do I have enough gems to get what I want, <laughs> but do I also like after I purchase this and run out of gems and I get this new card, am I going to have enough next round to do what I need to do that time? You know, like it compounds you can plan a couple turns in advance and it's hard to sometimes but if you do it can be beneficial like I'll take these specific gems which will net me enough to buy this card and with this card and the gems I have left over I can buy a card on the following turn or something like that um, so yeah the the mechanics here of tableau building set collection and a race for victory points they're fun um, we already addressed the length Roughly thirty minutes. What do you, What do you guys think has been the most interesting, funny, or perplexing situation you've ended up with while playing this game, where someone's like cornered you, or oh, yeah, you're probably. about to get a card and no one just, took it, or like what was? I'll bring it, I'll bring it up. Just <laughs> bring it up. Just this last game we were playing, and you know, I was doing fairly well. I was keeping to myself. No one was really paying attention to me. You know. As you should, you shouldn't be paying attention to me. You let me do my thing. You well, Gabe was also covering up the points on his no. cards with chips, no, so no. you couldn't tell how many points yet. You know, it's it's fifteen prestige well, points to win. Well, and he had like ten I hiding under cards. And, and Thomas started, started Thomas started to wisen up to it a bit. He started to like, hey, wait a minute, Gabe's got some points over there, and I, he's about to get five next turn. And I would I, also like to add that Ike was covering all his points with his chips. 
Oh, but I was about to win. All I needed was to get. I was about to pick one more card that was worth two points, and then that would have filled the requirements to get a noble worth three. That would have been. I had ten. That would have been my five. Would have been fifteen. Would have been game over. Thomas is like, oh, I'm gonna reserve this one. He reserves it. Then I was like, all right, that's fine. I'm rich. I can do it. I'm a merchant. I'll get the next card and do that. Thomas buys it next turn. Well, I can't win again. He's just delaying the inedible. I can't speak. That's not a word I just said. But inedible. inedible. You can't eat the chips. You can't eat inedible. the cards. Yeah. Wait, that you know. would be, like, if they would sell an edible version of this game, I might buy it. Oh. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yes. I was going to win, but he made it last two more rounds. And I finally, at the end, I got the card I needed, and I got the noble. And and it, and actually, I don't think I got the noble. I think I've had to buy two more cards that were just worth two and three, and I got it. I think I got the noble. Yeah, you Gabe, get the noble. You say, but Gabe still won. Yeah, and this is a sub. This is a kind of. Oh, so we're hearing a Victor cry. Is that yeah, what yeah. just happened? He also, this Victor <laughs> also may have gotten but, extra turn. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> oh come oh, on, come oh. on! Okay, you can spew your conspiracies there, that one point where on a different like, podcast. Turn is it? I it's think like, the one percent just started complaining right here on the no, podcast. No. The, 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 the question was, Great. did you have a weird experience? I haven't played this game in like three years. So I was like, well, that's the weirdest experience I've had, I guess. Yeah, great, great win for not playing in a while. Well, yeah, yeah but thanks. One thing I want to say about these freaking noble people, they are what will ream you while you're playing this game, if you're not careful. Because I didn't even remember we were playing with noble people until halfway through the game. They're just oh, yeah. sitting up in their own private pool above all the cards, which are where you're taking percent Red game sits. <laughs> okay, yeah, we're in the 1%. You guys are in the 99, I guess. <laughs> no. But, yeah, you got to be careful you don't get reamed by a noble person because the one you're going for could very be, well be the one that Thomas is going for or Rebecca's going for. Right, yeah. You know? Or most likely Gabe. <laughs> so, we, we've addressed gameplay, Link... Um, the weight, the complexity here, uh, it's a pretty simple game. We kind of addressed that, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll give you the BGG of weight for the game, though. It is 1.8 out of 5. Okay. So, pretty low. I think that's very even lower than part. I think that makes a lot of sense because it's, like, it's very simple to take your turn, but like the complexity comes from the individual. Yeah, it can be a snappy think game. ahead. Games like Civ, you know, there's a lot to your turn, so I'd say it's the biggest difference. So we've, we've briefly touched on theme, but really, theme here um, is thin. It's thin, but I enjoy the artwork. Oh, come on. No, I don't think the theme's thin. Do no. you feel like a merchant, or do you feel like you're just trying to build an engine? Like, these cards could have whatever they want I actually agree with your... You, you do feel like... Well, I don't feel like an engine, per se, but I feel like I'm trying to build a fortune, and I'm barely making it before the other guy... And when you say theme is thin, it's easily translatable to other themes such as... So, Marvel. Marvel. We'll address yeah. this later. There is a Marvel version of Splendor. So yeah. what they did was they changed all the artwork from merchants and mines and little shops to Avengers and villains. And that's it. And they basically repurposed the stones... To be the Infinity Stones that go in Thanos's, gauntlet. which is kind of cool. It's a cool idea. And but one thing about the the on Board Game Geek, the waiting when I checked the waiting for yeah, it's one point eight out of five for the game itself, Splendor. But the Marvel versions wait is even less. It's one point seven seven out of five. Like it's got a point oh three easierness to it. 
Wow. That doesn't what? make much sense to me. No, they definitely. have other components. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, actually, the Marvel actually adds a mechanic that the original doesn't have. Yeah, I don't know why they said it's easier. Stones, you kill half the universe, and so that's pretty severe, yeah. But Does the Marvel version have nobles? I don't, I don't know. know. I wonder if to. it's affected because less people know it because it's less famous. you think there's something like that with those? I don't know. Yeah, Sorry. maybe, I yeah, because people are more okay. familiar with the characters. Yeah. But one thing I'll say about the theme, I mean... The theme you could play with a different theme, but the you probably gyms. won't want to. I think they hit it on the hammer, hit the hammer on the head, like the gyms. pretty well here. Like, and, yeah. and I'm not saying that when I say a game's theme is thin. I'm saying that the mechanics of the game don't make you feel like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Okay. In in certain games like Civilization, you are expanding a city and you feel like you're building a civilization. You in this, like you're picking up ships and buy, and picking up cards. You don't feel like a merchant. Okay. In love letter, maybe you don't. In love letter, you don't feel like you're sending. Do you feel like a lover? No, you kind of. No, yeah. To win yeah. A party. No, love letter's theme is strong. I don't no, know. No, no. All strong. these games have been pretty thin on the theme. Karth yeah. has been the. I think. Mean, wait, wait, wait. So here's the. Do you feel in love with the princess? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. You're just trying to win, and the princess is worth the most points, so that's why you want her. Not so, the most points, but the highest. If I had to compare this to something, I would say the theme isn't like if we're both merchants. And another game that I played that's got merchants is the Sheriff of Nottingham, and I'd say I feel more of a merchant in that game because mm-hmm. the mechanics force you to be more of a merchant in that game than this one. Cause, yeah, in yeah. Sheriff of Nottingham, yeah. you're actually taking goods to market. Inconceivable! Inconceivable! Oh. You're putting goods into a bag. You put goods in a market and you have someone surveillance it. Alright? It's pretty... You get the market... You get that the market. makes you feel like a freaking... Like a shady... Like a... Sh- shady merchant. Shady faker! But that is a shady okay, faker! Okay, the point here. The point here is not the... Is the theme good? I like this theme. This is a good theme. It's is the... Do the theme... And the mechanics of the game mesh together to make you feel like you are doing what it is. This is a distinction here. I'm not knocking the theme because I don't like it. And you guys, I think, are taking it that way. I'm saying that the theme and the mechanics don't go together in a way that makes you feel like you are. Here's my question. What would make you feel more like a merchant besides putting bullcrap in a bag? It would have to be a different <laughs> game. It couldn't be the same game. I think. And I like this game as it is. I don't want to make what it would you add to it to make you feel more I like a merchant? I wouldn't want to change the game. I think, this is what I feel like you should be able to do. I feel like you should be able to buy other people's cards. That would be crazy. If you could buy someone else's card... Wait, would they have to be willing to sell them? Or could uh, they, so you could force them into it? it because would, that's a whole so, I feel like gold. I feel like, the, I feel like the gold does not have a mu- have much use to it. It's a wild card. It's a wild, wild card, but at the same time, when you reserve a card, I feel like you should be able to use the gold as like, this is how much this card is worth to me. If you're willing to pay it, you get it. Type deal. All right, well, so we're negotiating into the weeds yeah. here with with uh, additions that we're making up on the spot. Well, no, I will say that negotiating would be a cool aspect. Yeah, to add I would to feel the game. more of a merchant because right now it's more like every man for okay, himself. Okay, I have to agree. Actually, but yeah, this is kind of like you're almost you you're almost playing a solitaire yeah. game. More interactions together. between the merchants. It's like you're each playing solitaire and racing mm-hmm. to see who can get their. Did you come up first. with that, or did you read that off? I just came well, up with it. I mean. But, um, but the but the thing is, there is some player interaction with 
reserving cards that other people want, buying cards that other people want, stuff right, like that. Right, but that's the only interaction you that have. That is the only is interaction. Is the card drafting. But <laughs> oh, wait, no. The other one is you could no. stockpile gems and block people. Yeah. That's also an interaction. By reserving a card? Well, you could reserve a card, but you... Thomas, the last time I played with him, stockpiled gems. I could not go forward because he had all rubies. And in a two-player two yeah. game, you have less gems overall. Yeah. It sucks four. when the gem you want is all gone. The stock, the, the bank is all empty. When everyone's taken all of one type, you can't get any more of that type of gem. So you're uh, SOL. Or, you know, you'd, you'd have to hope you have a good stockpile of cards at that point. Good. Going off of the theme a little bit, just talking about reserving in general, I think it's crappy. I feel like yeah, I feel like you should only be able to work reserve for so long and like say if you spend that that say you, you get a gold token, like reserving, there is no penalty to reserving a card. It's just that you get it and then you get to keep it. And you could say you waste a turn because you're not buying or getting gems. Right. But that's, that's I feel like penalty. the second you use the gold piece, if you don't take a turn to save up gems to buy the thing that you reserved but if you use the gold piece instead as a random that you should have to discard the thing you reserved okay, well, let's I don't be very clear about this because a gold piece is only worth one of anything yeah it's a on random. a turn you could take three yeah. of something yeah, else so that is a I'm just saying you're taking away card from difference. everybody else I know but you get to keep it. I think honestly ultimately reserving is the worst thing you can do on your turn you use it when you need it but you're you're getting one token instead of two or three on your turn. Generally three. So you're taking a hit to prevent other people from being able to get a card. I just don't like it. He just doesn't <laughs> like it because I screwed him over in the last game we played by doing it. Well, it's nothing. It's, it's not a bad mechanic. Nothing personal, right? I'm going to do it next game. I'm going to do nothing but it next game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you'll probably lose because if you do too many reservations, oh. you're not getting enough See, I've been, income I've been of gems. It in my head. So anyway, <laughs> that's another point about the theme is... What does reserving mean? How does that how does that add to the theme? It's another mechanic that's just a gameplay mechanic for making the game itself better, but not for tying you in with the theme. Most of this game. And that's that's my point with the theme being thin. Yeah. The one thing that I could add about you guys saying there's not enough merchant components, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what my that's my When you do a reservation, okay, wait, what? Okay, okay. That's what Gabe said. All I'm saying is, okay, so you say interaction amongst the players. I will say with reserving, it's like you making an interaction with the game to block someone because it would be like I think what you want more of is that interaction of I could block someone hardcore in one turn. I don't even have to have anything. I don't have to have any diamonds. I don't have to have any rubies. I, it's just my turn, and I could block a whole card, right? And I get a coin with it. Yeah, now, if you yeah. could do that... No, I'm just saying Gabe it's like it's between Gabe and the game. That's an interaction. You're. This is also kind of a player, if you think about it. Do you know what I'm saying? Because you can do that, and it blocks other people... And it's an interaction. Oh, whoa. I'm right at the And I'm seeing your point of view. Gabe could have reserved that card earlier, though, and prevented himself from being blocked. If yeah. you want to be sure about something and make sure someone else doesn't get it, then Maybe. grab it early before no, you collect all the gems. I'm not even gems. talking about that. I'm just talking about res reservations in general. Okay. You know, maybe I was he said there hard. was. He said you guys said that you didn't feel enough like merchants when you were playing. No, I'm That's, not saying Thomas that. said that. That's I'm what, saying no, I that said the this. theme is thin. I'm not saying I would change the game or want to. You guys are misunderstanding me. Okay, the game as good as it is, the theme is fine. I enjoy the theme. 
It's a thin theme. The mechanics right. don't tie in with the theme. All right, it, but it, it really just you're missing one of it. Really, theme. it really one just got mechanics. No, it's going to depend person to person how much you think the theme actually is enmeshed with the gameplay itself. Like, it's no, it's objective. Okay, it's subjective. For sure. I've been thinking about it a lot. Maybe I was a little too hard in the reserving. All right, I'm I'm just gonna say that if I had to improve upon any function or mechanic of the game, it would be the reserving aspect. But I'm thinking about it, I'm running it through my head, the simulations are going, and you know what, I'm, th I'm starting to like the reserving more often right now. Final thoughts, who wants to go first? Ike? You hit it, baby. Okay, um, final thoughts, you know. Well, Thomas is wrong for one, the theme is important here. It's gems, and it, like, when you play this game, are you gonna wanna play it with Okay, and Thomas is saying it doesn't affect... I understand what you're saying, Thomas. It doesn't affect the gameplay itself, the mechanics. But I think it's important. that The theme is important more than just the mechanics of the game. It's really important for the aesthetics and things like that. And with this one, you're getting to uh, experience like in a Renaissance era sort of gym wheeling and dealing sort of thing. What other era would you possibly set this in? Oh, not modern day. I would hate to play modern day. That would be so boring. So, one big thing is I, I really think that it would be cool if, like Gabe said, they added a negotiation aspect to this game. That would make it much more involved with other players as opposed to just being frustrated when someone takes the card you want. Yeah. And to kind of wrap up my final thoughts here, basically, besides the whole negotiation aspect, I would like to also see different gems instead of poker chips. I mean, having the actual gems... You know, poker chips are poker chips. Use them in poker, okay? This game, you can have your own stockpile of little realistic gems if you want. You know, maybe that would appeal to, to some more than others, but to me, that seems like a big thing. Okay. Um, let's have... Reb, let's have your final thoughts. My final thoughts are... I think it's a very fun game. I agree with Gabe that if they added a negotiation factor amongst the players, it would be better. I have to say, but I do feel like don't overlook the aspect of when you reserve a card, you're actually making a negotiation with the game itself. I do think that's there, but we haven't even talked about the extension or expansion versions, um, which do make the game different. Um, adds some complexity. It does. It adds complexity for sure. We didn't cover the expansion because... Isaac and Gabriel haven't played it, and Rebecca and I haven't played all aspects of the expansion. So we just kind of covered the base game. But there is an expansion, and it does change the way it is played um, in a few different ways. It's four, it's four parts of a... It's a modular expansion. There's four different ways you can play it. Mm -hmm. But we don't need to get into the details of that. Delicious. Let's focus on base game splendor. Anything else to say about the base game? For you personally? I like, I like the setting... I like the components. I like the art. I feel like there isn't a better era to set this particular game in. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I'd like to... I mean, you know, they, they did do the um, Marvel, which I do think works very well with Infinity Stones. I don't know, but there's something about this that... that, that Catches your eye. Yeah. That's right, Gabe. That's 100% right. Thank you. Okay, what's your final thoughts, Gabriel? You know what? Today, I was thinking, I hate this game. Um, I'm not about <laughs> it. Um, it. It's just some simple point-getting game. Because I hadn't remembered. I, it's been like three years since I played this last time. And, you know, we played it before, this, before we started recording. And I was like, you know what? This game's not too bad. 
It's pretty good. You know what? It could be more. You know, I, I was looking at it from just my point of view. But through the course of this podcast, I'd say I have really opened up my eyes to like the full spectrum that is Splendor. And it's a pretty good game. It's pretty good. Uh, I, I, I came in here thinking it was going to be... But you know what? <laughs> it's pretty good. And what we, we can also add is he won... So, yeah. oh, no, so that's why he's up. Yeah. You know what? He probably hated it. Probably part of it. Probably part we did of mention it. 1% at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so my yeah. final thoughts on Splendor. I love this game. It's great. It's a great gateway game. It's one that I enjoy a lot more than other gateway games. I would probably rather play Splendor than Catan a lot of times because it's shorter and, I don't know, I find it more enjoyable. It's a good gateway game. I like it better than a lot of other gateway games. Um... And I like it a lot, a lot better than a lot of games. Let's score it. Who wants to score it first? I'll go. You using a decimal here? <laughs> no, I'll give it a. You know, I'm I'll give it a flat that. eight. I'll give it a flat eight. Eight? Yeah. This is your highest ranking well, game. Yeah. Of the Ooh, really? Reviews. Over Love Over, over Love percent. Let me think about this. Okay. <laughs> so like. I like those games. I just feel like it's hard to put all these games in one group. But let's say 7.8, 7.7. Still your highest group. Okay, I feel like you guys just talked him out of his real score. By saying all this harassment, and then suddenly he lowers it to 7.8, and all I'd say is because it's more complex than Love Letter. This is more complex, which makes it more intriguing. It does. I, Let I, him I, rank I, it 8. I like this better than Love Letter, for sure. I would probably play this... No... Maybe. This, I really think the aesthetic just... Comp- okay, 8. Let's give it an 8. Someone else go. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to give this game a 6.5 out of 10. <laughs> Ow! Rebecca hit me. <laughs> no, and here's why. I mean, I really liked this game a lot in the past when I played it. And tonight when we played before the episode, I, it was one of my first times playing in a while. And it doesn't have the same draw to me as it did then. Um... I, I love the stockpiling gems. I love the, the card drafting. and But it's just this game, it doesn't have much more to offer me. I mean, I've I played it. I'll play it again. But I don't like it as much as I used to. So I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10. That's good. Reb, what's your score? Now, granted, remember, this is one of her favorite games of all time. Oh, yeah. Top three, didn't you say? Top three. Doesn't that, like, have to be a 10? No. no, it's like okay. So I would rank it a nine. That's nine what I would ten. rank it. Okay. In okay, so this is what I gave Carcassonne. Yeah. So games that are really? close to people's mm-hmm. heart. Yeah. They I really enjoy get high ranks, and that's understandable. No, but it's okay Everyone, because like complex does not make something better. Sometimes you're just trying to hit those true to home emotions and feelings when you're playing a game. The true intrigue, right? A more complex plot in a movie does not necessarily make it better. It's if it's a cool twist, if it's like a good, solid trajectory. Anyway, whatever. I won't go on and on. I will say nine. I think the artwork is good. The only reason it wouldn't be a ten for me, because it of what it is, is I have to agree with Gabe that there would have to be some sort of a negotiation element to it. If there could be some other... We didn't talk about expansion. Which does, it does add some other elements to it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I lost real bad today. Oh, not I feel terribly. Like not that bad. <laughs> I feel like that's what's affecting his rating slightly. Um, you know, he says he wants more. He loved it better, remembered it better. But it's like, did he have a broken heart? <laughs> oh come on! So nine out of ten for Reb, and Reb would give. I know she mentioned the expansion, but Reb would give this a nine out of ten without the expansion. And um, I, I, my score is regardless of expansion. I feel like the expansion is not necessary. I know we didn't get into it. You didn't play all of the levels of expansion, so I don't know if that's a hundred percent fair. I'm that's just true, just saying, I just mean, saying. Like, but I played the ones it and I played. enjoy it. And if you love Splendor and you can't get enough, get the expansion because it's more Splendor and varieties of Splendor. Now, um, but that's all I'm going to say about that. My score for the game is a 7.2 out of 10. Okay. This is two points lower than Kark. I gave Kark a 7.4. Um, Splendor is in my top 20 games of all time, though. Mm. Checked my list here. It's currently at number 19, and Kark was at number 16. Okay. Um, so top 20 is still is still decent. It's not in the top 10. It's, I, I doubt a gateway game will ever be in my top 10. Really? Because I, I'm really into strategy board stuff. games. Big strategy board games, long, complex, where I can really delve into. And this is a simple, short game that's really enjoyable. You can play with family, friends, whatever, pass the time, and you're going to have a blast. But it's not. It's almost like a completely different category than like an in-depth, heavy strategy board game. And that is my favorite category for board games. So, 7.2. And BGG uh, gave it a 7.4. Okay. Oh, so you're saying that you're more critical than BGG? Well, BGG, that's, again, that's more all the people. different yeah, yeah, people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Average. That's what I'm it's saying, like the average of all the people. So your personal opinion. But I'm very close to that, 7.2. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, those okay. are that's interesting. scoring for, uh, for Splendor. Yeah. Now... I have a little bit more to go on here. Spin-offs. Alright, so that concludes our review and score of Splendor. I guess it was more hotly contested than I realized it would be. More arguments here. And I think mainly about the theme. Anyway, the theme's great. <laughs> so, Good, I'm glad you think so, Thomas. <laughs> I never there said were components I never that said were also different. argued about, like, you know... We like we all like the components except Ike. Ike and Gabe would prefer not poker chips. And we never even got an expansion. Yeah, okay. but we don't need to. Okay. All right. So, um, <laughs> uh, spinoffs here. So we mentioned briefly that there's an expansion. Just adds more variety. Uh, you can play the game in different ways. Uh, Some things are better than others. I will say that having played a few of them, wasn't into the cities. Yes. Mm. Um, Marvel. We briefly mentioned it uh, earlier. Marvel is a spin-off version of Splendor. So you can buy Splendor, or you can buy Marvel Splendor, and it's almost the same game. There's some slight differences. Obviously, the theme's completely different. Um, all the art's different, like we mentioned before. Um, and the way you win is slightly different as well. Instead of just going to 15 points, there's a little bit more criteria to doing that. You have to get to 16 points, you have to have a card of every color, and you have to have at least one card from the third tier. So it kind of forces you to spread out. Whereas in the original, you can, you could really just go hard on one color. You could get like five diamonds and then a few of maybe some others. But in Marvel, it forces you to 
split between all of them. But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. If you are interested in this game and Splendor or Marvel sounds a lot more interesting to you and the Avengers characters than Renaissance era merchants and stuff like that, then grab Marvel. It's pretty much the same game. And regardless of what, ver what version you grab, you're going to have really simple rule book to cover. Like you said earlier, one page versus like yes, thirty page rule book or something. But yeah. that's again what separates this it's from a really extensive game. You know, so yeah, it's like a it's like a one page one page of rules, which is awesome. easy easy to learn, easy to learn, easy to teach. Now another thing is there is a board game app version of Splendor. There was was precisely. <laughs> I haven't played it. I was thinking about getting it this week, but I can't. Which brings me to Roundtable. Roundtable. Which is going to be a new segment here. Um, we may not do it every week. We may do it whenever we want. But basically, Roundtable topic. My topic that I am putting out in front of everyone as the round table discussion is board game apps. Buying digitally versus buying physically. So Splendor, if you bought Splendor the app and then let's say you deleted it because you needed space on your phone and you're like, oh, I'll just re-download it later. Now you can't go re-download it because it's not on the App Store Get or right. on the Google Play Store. So, what do you guys think about digital versus physical board games? Obviously, it's cheaper digitally. Yeah, I mean, I was really hoping I'd be able to download the app version to try it out. It's a bummer they took it down, and God knows why they did, but... I, ultimately, I'm a tabletop guy, so I'm going to want to have the tangible yeah. version myself. But it is nice having an app version when, you know, like you've got a couple minutes free at work or whatever, wherever you're at, you know, and then you got some downtime to play... Work, Ike? Well, <laughs> wherever, but like, you know, like the, the app version is your alternative, not your go-to, in my opinion, every time. Well, to me, when it comes to games that also have a digital and a tabletop aspect, things you can do with them, I say that when it comes to the online version, that is where you like the game so much that you want to hone your skill and play it as often as you can. Meanwhile, on the other opposite side of the spectrum, when you have tabletop games, it's when you play with people you know, friends, maybe people you don't know, but it brings you together because you're there and it's more personal than an online game. Yeah, and if if you like a game enough, you'll you might you'll probably buy the app version just to see how it compares and yep. and to have an alternative option for you. Right, and a good way of playing solo because not every game has a good solo variant or mm. solo mode in the box. But when you get an app, you know you're going to be able to play against AI. And you can hone your skills there. So, app versions of games, I think, are a great thing. But I think that this is a crazy thing. That you can buy this board game digitally and not even really own it. Because, I mean, as long as you don't delete it off your phone, I guess you own it. But it may go, I mean, as iOS updates or whatever may make it not run anymore. So, so you about could that, like, completely lose the game that you bought. Right, you paid money for a game. I, do you remember what it cost when it was on the App Store? Um, I don't know what it cost when they first released it, but I know the last price that it was at was four ninety nine. So five ninety nine, which is a fraction of what the real Splendor cost, which is True. around forty to thirty bucks. Really? Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's changing. Depending on where you buy it, I think 40 is the high end, but 30 is like, you know, Amazon or whatever. Right. So if you have the app version, do not delete it. Because then you'll never and be able to And don't ever update your phone. Buy a new phone. Ever. Leave the old phone at the current iOS <laughs> yeah. it's at so that it doesn't go out of sync. No, it's probably not worth that. But that is something. I mean, I, I just think that's here's so lame. The, here's the second. That Asmodee can remove their game from their app store. Now, to give they them a little to credit. Refund. To give them a little credit. If people con- they, they put out an article and if people contacted them within a certain amount of time, they gave them a Steam key. So you could get the digital version on your PC. And on your still play it on, you, so you can still but, play it on others. I, you can't play it on your phone anymore. And I, I know how frustrating it is when you buy a game and then it's removed from the App Store and you get a new phone or delete it and not know it's gone from the App Store. Because then you're screwed. You, you're not going to be able to play, You're never going to be able to download it again. And I don't think it's right that they can actually take away games that you paid for they have to have some sort of option for you to download the old version, like if you bought it before, I personally think. And that goes for games in general. But with, with Splendor, they got rid of the original version. Stick it to the man. But if you type in Splendor, at least on our iOS, if you type in Splendor on the App Store, Splendor board game, it will pull up the first option is some sort of spin-off version of the actual Splendor game. Knockoff? Yeah, called Spendy. <laughs> I downloaded it, I haven't tried it, it's free. It only has like... Uh. 20 ratings and maybe a 3.6 out of 5. Suddenly your credit score goes on sale in the dark web. <laughs> <laughs> and you totally just get screwed over. But now nah, it looked like a really honestly boring version of Splendor. It looked like there's no artwork. There's there's numbers and there's like squares where the slots go and everything. But it does not look like the same game at all and it looks kind of boring. So it's the so we all agree that it's super lame that they can take them down. What does this make you he- hesitant to buy app versions of board games? Because this is well, the first one it's happened to. Anytime, this is just me personally. When I see it, I have to pay money for an app. I'm like, wow, I'm not doing that. I usually don't because I'm cheap. That's just the way things are going, though. People are more and more every day spending more money on virtual versions of things, books, uh, movies. We don't have hardly physical copies of anything like that anymore, especially things that would be on a screen. You know, like you're not getting an actual disc anymore. Most people aren't. I don't. Some people are. My thoughts are when you change formats of anything, like let's say you go from a play to a movie, Mm -hmm. you have to change the interaction. It doesn't work the same. You can't have so many wordy bits of dialogue in a play as you put in a movie you have to show things in a movie so I feel like if you move a board game to a digital format you need to have elements that incorporate that digital format and accentuate it to make you want to stay on the digital format otherwise it's a it's a weaker version of the original well they they do that that's my personal like for opinion. example they it's everything's automated on a board game app so you don't have to shuffle the decks. You don't have to flip the cards. It's all done for you. It makes the game go quicker. Yes, but that's, that's a whole these. different thing. But it's like, what I'm saying is, I feel like developers should be like, what can we add to it to make people want to buy the app because we don't have that component in the board game feature. Mm. It's like a, you know, how you do we like embrace... make the same game? How do, no, it's it? the same game, but you should feel, how do you embrace it to make it better? Like a way they incorporate the touch screen or, not, or Better something. in that format, right? 
Do you mean like they changed the mechanics of the game? Because I would not be for that. There were, I would say there would have to be some slight mechanical changes to make it fully embrace a digital format from a physical format. Like you could just do the 100% same change, but I feel like what's the point? We already have it in physical format. So why wouldn't you take what you have and use those attributes to the best of their ability? I'll tell you the point. The point is extremely cheaper price point. Much lower price point. Super accessible. Super accessible. But you is can play it as much fun? I would can't? say sure. I, I can be. Sometimes, usually, I would say no. Yeah, I say. I agree. Being able to look but at your expressions and stuff. You're, you're not saying point. to change anything about the rules. She though, right? is. No, I'm not saying necessarily the rules, but like, find what can you do digitally that would make it be like, oh, that's a little more interesting. So that's like, why visually, I would want to buy. So you mean? I understand what you're I saying. I think she's talking about visually appealing to the eye. They do not that. just the eye, but I feel like there needs to be okay. Yeah, but, what not, that thing but not changing the mechanics of the game. If you buy the Splendor app, you should expect it to play exactly the same. I would say not 100% exactly the same. There like has what? to be some differential. And so the things... Well, I, w I would have to think about that for a while. Like, what would be the exact changes with this game? Okay, Which so... Which I haven't until you brought up the point <laughs> now in the moment. But I'm just saying from other things where I've seen things change from format to format. Where you've seen, let's say, a storyline, right? You've seen it go from a book to maybe a play to maybe a movie, and right? And it changes massively. It's not it even changes the same massively. Thing almost. Okay, and sometimes it's a worse change, sometimes it's a better change. It depends on how they do it. It's because they have to embrace the format they're in. But I don't want that for my board game apps. I would not be happy if it wasn't the same game. If I buy Splendor the board game, I want it to be Splendor the board game, only I can play against AI, and I can play online with my friends, and I can play it when I'm on the bus, and I don't have the game with me, and I have AI opponents. That's the draw of the app version, is you can play it anywhere, you can play it by yourself, and you can play it online, and it's a lot cheaper. In my opinion, and, and that's how they generally are made. Yeah. Obviously, it's faster because it's streamlined. You're not shuffling the decks yourself, so on and so forth. That may be, I would... Okay, maybe you Lord of the that. Rings! Okay, Lord of the Rings what? <laughs> the book. They left out a bunch of crap from the book when they made the movie. I don't think that's wait, 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 stop, stop, stop. No, hold on, hold on. I'm just saying a different format comparison. I see Right? That. Where you see, like, okay, I had all these things with the book. It was longer. It was a little more in detail. You know, blah, blah, blah. I still love the book, right? You saw the movie, and you're like, oh, it was so visually stimulating. You totally embraced this visual thing. Some people have some changes they'd like to make, but I'm just saying they weren't the same. And that's the kind of difference. And I'm not saying they should be the same. But I'm saying Me that the board game app should be exactly the no, same. No, then I, I feel like you're a, a little bit of a... Exactly the same. Mm -mm. Stickler? What's the word you're like? I am saying... Uh, Luddite is what I'm saying. <laughs> Luddite? Uh, Luddite. Like Someone who is not embracing technology, who's a little afraid of technology. Um, I would say... Oh, get wrecked. Have you ever played a board game app? You Let's boomer. start with that. Yes. What? Monopoly. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, all right. I that have, was dumb. Okay, that I was a dumb one. On. But I, as a I person who takes things and goes to multiple formats on multiple ways, 
But Thomas, I'm just saying, did you enjoy the books of Lord of the Rings? I don't think that did that you? is in anywhere comparable. Any way at all comparable to board game apps versus board games. Movies versus books? Well, I mean, basically the movies or are what? A, a simplified version of the books, right? Or different. You visually get to see right. everything that was described to you auditorily. Right, totally. So you're saying you better... Reading it. If you put so chess saying it's on like... your phone, do you want the rules to be different? Well, I, here, you, you have some of those things in, in the app version of the games you're talking about. Animations, you know, little visual things yeah. like that. Like, there, there is if things not, that are different. Subliminal things. And music. more simplified. Music. That's that another sense. thing that could be added. They do. Yeah, and they and do. I'm fine with all of that as long as the rules are the same. So if I know the rules to Splendor... Okay, so rules is the same as plot. I don't want the plot to Lord of the Rings to change. But they should enhance all the visual, right. musical, auditory... I, well, think, I think we probably agree. Very yeah, good. It's I been respect good. your opinion. It's been great. It's been funny. I love you guys. Thank you. All right. Well, that was our roundtable of Freaky Deaky, Splendor, the board game app, and board gaming apps in general. I think we kind of got lost in the weeds there. So you got lost massively. In, you got lost in the sauce. But hey, shout out to Asthma Day though for taking the game off the App Store and everyone that bought it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, they did offer people a Steam key so they could have a the version on Steam. But still, it's lame. It's super lame. They're not gonna update it anymore and. You can't download it anymore. So that was our roundtable of uh, board game apps in general and them being removed. And our discussion on Splendor. Yeah, this has been episode four. And thank you so much for... Wait, uh, so I have one last final oh, question. <laughs> it's a final question for all you guys. I hope you didn't address it in previous episodes, and if you did, you cut this out. But why Besieged Brothers? Do you have, like, freaking people beating you? Well, physically, mentally, online, we, we I mean, we are we are besieged. We are within we are, by, we are besieged by the 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 plethora of games out there in the world that we must play and review. We're besieged by the constant influx of <laughs> board games that we will never all play all of. And we're besieged by haters. Yeah, haters are going to hate. Taylor Swift. And, <laughs> and uh, Rebecca's going to change the way you play your games from app to tabletop. But again, a big thanks to Rebecca for coming on the show with us. Again, Rebecca from Ninja Kids TV, professional script writer. Great to have her on, and she helped out so much with just, it's been great, getting us to go at each other's throats. And, and if, you're, if you're walking down the street and you see something that looks like chocolate on the ground, do not put it in your mouth. It could be an Onyx Gym. Don't do that. Oh. <laughs> All right. And I got to say, Besieged Brothers, thank you very much. It was so fun to highly contest games with you. Apps versus physical versus... <laughs> versus theme and... Versus <laughs> theme versus whatever. All you, know, right. uh, you know, contention is the heart of all intrigue. All right, Gabe, you going to tell him? Hey. This is Besieged Brothers. Besieging your brains since 2021. All right. <laughs>